Hello there, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Welcome to the Sith List. And here we go. We would be honored if you would join us. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. I know this is hard for you, but winter is coming. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am the danger. Avengers! Assemble. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Who is scruffy looking? Less. Might wanna buckle up, baby. Carlos, smash you. King Tom. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie, Empire Strikes Back? And of course, Randy. Change? Yeah. Big change. They got your weekend geek covered. And you? You're on the set list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 369 of The Sith List. I am one of your four hosts today, Raj Lachai, and my co-pilot this evening. We don't have Boo, we don't have Les, but we do have the king of all pots. Mr. Tom Chansky is back. What's up, King Tom? Is he back or is he muted? I mean... Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, I said I'm not used to going this early, so just come back, skip me, and come back. Okay. The but, man you know, that I call Randy. Then. That's all right, but Randy, what's up, buddy? <laughs> this is Randy. This is... <laughs> we can't even hear Randy. This is... Let me tell you, people that are listening, I, I'm going to apologize right now. Around. I'm just glad. Oh, you're here. a dick. You're a dick. We've had some major technical issues here with StreamYard tonight. Um, so please bear with us if you hear crackling, if you hear little delays. It's not us. It's StreamYard. Randy, how you doing, bud? Doing no, well, I'm not man. Messing with- Glad to be here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not messing with you. King Tom, I'll come back to you real quick. <laughs> What's up, bud? Oh, I'm I'm very, very happy to be back and with you guys we're, talking. We're so. happy that you're back. You, we missed you. Ahsoka, episodes one and two. We talked about and you weren't here it's like a void um i so, I, yeah. I, no, I want to no, no. go on the record <laughs> eric's looking eric's looking at it like i was talking shit on him no 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 i'm saying i want to go on the record though <laughs> i am yeah. very disappointed in all of you except for eric why because i think it was during the uh the the uh patreon show eric gave an excellent uh better than ezra joke and nobody noticed when you said it was good? Yes. No, oh, yes. I noticed. It, you I didn't, didn't think it was. You didn't notice. <laughs> you didn't notice. Uh, there's only so many better Ezra jokes. Wasn't that the YouTube? Wasn't that the YouTube show? No, I think it was Randy the Patreon. Did, Randy, that, Randy that was... did it better than Ezra. He did the same type of joke oh, the night okay. before. That's why we probably didn't laugh because we it's heard it the night before. It's such a good joke. It is. Yeah, it is a good joke. That must have been what yeah. it was. That's exactly what it was. We were already better than Ezra out. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be other opportunities, Eric, if you want to bring that back. No? Or we could talk about a Hall and Oates show if you want. We can do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. And, and last but not least. The man we call El Hombre. Eric Struthers. What's up, buddy? Dude, I got to tell you, there's always room for better than as for joke. I mean, seriously, you can just fit it in anywhere. It's freaking awesome. It'll, it's the gift that keeps on giving all the time. Well, great. <laughs> great. This is going to be a bad show. I'm just going to put it. Oh, were you being it too? <laughs> I had my arms out here trying to keep my shoulder out of the frame, tapping the mute button on my mixer. <laughs> I could hardly hear you. And I was like, I'm just going to let him run with it. Like, I, I, you know, I don't know what else to do. You can um, hear me now, right? Yeah, we can hear you. We can I was hear saying you. that no. the better than Ezra jokes are just the gift that keep on giving, man. Yes, they are. They are. Um, it's interesting that we only have four, not six, but our intros are just as long tonight. <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be brutal. Guys, thank you for tuning in to episode number... 269 guys we really really appreciate it let me give out the shenanigans real quick. 369 369 well it feels like 269 <laughs> uh, we uh check us out sit for all kinds of stuff sit list including our youtube stuff which is gonna be great i'm just is uh should we restart this whole thing man this is awful <laughs> lord have mercy no this is this is nope gone. guys <laughs> sitless.com check youtube Check audio stuff, which is podcast, what you're listening to, merch, whatever. How's everybody doing, dude? Let's just get into it. Randy, this is audio was, stuff? Oh, crap. This is audio <laughs> stuff, yeah. Randy, what, how you doing, bud? Dude, you know, I'm doing all right, man. It's amazing how just a little bit of audio difficulties can really, like, sour your mood for a podcast. Oh, you're telling me, man. This is uh, really irking me. It's really irking. It's going to be a tough one getting through this one. Let me tell you. King Tom, how are you, bud? I am alive and I'm here, and that's the good stuff. That is the good stuff. Yeah. I'm so glad you're here, buddy. And yeah. Eric, any stories you'd like to tell us to save this thing? Get us back on track here, please. Uh, I don't have anything partic- particularly bitch. epic to tell. Uh, I can tell you this. I've had a lot of project work going on with work, and... Uh, I am not cut out for being above a ceiling on a rickety ladder when there's nobody else in the building, but you know, except for you at 1030 at night, that's just, I don't, that's not where I'm at anymore. No, don't do that shit. Yeah. I have a, I have a, I have a buddy that just tore his ACL falling off a ladder. And he has to have surgery and all, he's going to be out for a long time. He was just cutting his uh, tree stuff, tree stuff. That's where we're at. Tree stuff. Tree yeah. stuff. Oof. Tree stuff. Oof. Oof. Hey, I have a 1989 <laughs> American Standard Fender Strat for sale. It's in great uh, condition. If anybody's interested, I'll give you the Sith List discount. Just hit. What me. year is it? 49. Oh. oh. It's in a. It's beauty. Ooh, man. that year they made it out of a. Um, they made it out of a tree stuff that year, right? They did. They did. <laughs> um, uh, Leo Fender, unfortunately, towards uh, ACL harvesting wood for those guitars is pretty rough. <laughs> Damn. So wait, how right. can people get a hold of you for that if they're interested? Uh just hit me up on Twitter at Eric Strathers or anywhere else, man. I'm easy to find. I'd yeah. be happy to sell you this guitar. What how what color is it? It is a two-tone burst, which is like brown into black. 
it is in extremely good shape for its age uh it's 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 amazing question for you and and randy is is guitar gets older is it better because it's older because of the different types and unique sounds or is it a brand new guitar is where it's at like how how does that work Mm, it's kind of a subjective thing yeah oh really for me it's more about i think people like older guitars and maybe just because like the woods mellowed a little bit but um they just i don't know something about it was different like the more especially on your like american guitars like that there was a lot more by hand stuff that went into them so but for me personally man a fresh guitar off the shelf is quite nice like i am not big on the buying a guitar that's been uh what's the word i'm looking for randy like aged where it's all distressed and they sell it to you it's 60 years old and it's all beat up that's not for me i like them to be in good shape and pretty but you know a lot of those older guitars are coveted because they use woods that weren't considered endangered at the time and you know they've since had to make uh, come up with other things to do like for example an ebony fretboard is hard to come by they use a different wood now and uh they that's still good but they stain it black to make it look like ebony but it's not so but does it have any difference in the sound and tone of the strings at all or the vibration yeah things like that sure yeah 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 because the longer the wood that's why it's subjective yeah yeah, the longer the woods. No, sits please there, go ahead, Eric. I'm a little bit behind on the feed, so. Sorry, I'll stop talking. You go. <laughs> no, it, it, the the character changes as the the wood settles, <laughs> so you get a different tone. Whether it's better is really that's where it becomes subjective. Like maybe it won't be as bright as it was prior to it settling in. Some people prefer that bright sound. I, I got it. Okay. Yeah, I would rather I'll, have someone make the guitar handmade. I like my favorite Stratocaster I've ever played was a Korean Stratocaster, and I thought the thing was amazing. Hmm. Um, a lot of times, what happens is that, like I said, the wood it'll mellow out being constructed as a guitar and having string tension on it all the time. And a lot of times, like what causes the warmer sound is more of the wood resonates, as opposed uh-huh. to like if you look if you could take a, a, like a like almost like a heat map of a guitar where it was like how, how much of the wood was vibrating sympathetically. You would find that a lot more of it is the older guys, older a guitar is. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. See, I knew you guys were sympathetically vibrating. Makes it sound nice. sexy. It sounds like a, a cool band name. Sympathetic vibrator. Sympathetic vibrator. I didn't even think about it. That the good news right now is, is that we can do anything we want because nobody is no listening. One's listening. Yeah, everybody stopped yeah. about. Oh, we've been recording be for a couple minutes. This even got couple out. minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might just listen to this in the edit and just say no. We just just finally skip yeah. a week. You know. <sighs> Let's jump into. Don't the box. do it. I won't. You know I'm what? A box <laughs> That's how it starts. <laughs> Here's Johnny. I know it was you, Fredo. Guys, weekend box office results brought to you by Rotten Tomatoes. Barbie becomes Warner Brothers' highest grossing film ever. Sony's Gran Turismo may have won the weekend, but 
the fantastical Greta Gerwig's comedy hit, a record-breaking milestone. All right. So what do we got here? Gran Turismo, 17.4 million. Barbie, 15.1. Blue Beetle drops to three, 12.2. Oppenheimer, 18.2. Oppenheimer is at 300 million domestically, by the way, which is amazing. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 7.2. And Meg to the Trench, 4.8. Guys, 63% for on Rotten Tomatoes for Gran Turismo, 88% for Barbie, 78 for Blue Beetle, 93 Oppenheimer, 97 for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well done. And a whopping 29% for the Meg. So there you have it. My goodness. Anybody watch anything good at all? No. I've been watching uh, Only Murders in the building. The new oh, season. Huh? Is it me or did Arash freeze or have a stroke? No, it's definitely in Arash. Uh, okay. Yeah. Am I back? Kind of. Well, okay, well, go ahead, King Tom. Let us know. Yeah, no, it's it's shaping up to be good. I think we're on episode four or five. Um, they're they're feeling pretty short. They're only about like 35, 36 minutes long. Um, and, you know, it's the, the pattern is the same as the last few seasons where you, th- you know, they, they present people you think it's going to be, but then at the end it's not who you think it is. So uh, I'm, I'm liking this season. I don't know yeah. how much longer they can go, how many more seasons they have in them, because eventually I think it's going to get old. But I like this season. Good. I mean, I, I, the first couple episodes that I saw, was they were great. Yeah, we've really been enjoying it too. Um, we haven't like we haven't watched the most recent one. When do they when do they drop? Uh, Tuesdays. Yeah, we haven't watched that one yet, but we've been up to date till then. I did watch uh, a new show, guys. I think uh, I think we'll have, Randy's really going to enjoy this. I remember we talked about that show. Uh, you know, Martin Scorsese was going to do a show about dogs. <laughs> Mob dogs, guys. Martin Scorsese joint. Okay. Now, for the people that are watching this on Patreon, I made a, a, a um, mid-journey generated AI um, a picture of mob dogs, and I did also. I have a script, guys, um, which is was pretty cool, man. Pretty interesting. So let, let me uh, let me tell you what this story is about here. Let me give you the log line here. In the gritty and whimsical underworld of New York City, arrival dog families battle for control while facing an unexpected foe, a cunning and enigmatic cat that threatens to dismantle their empire. Mob dogs. Episode one is called Paws of Power. Episode two, Barking Wars. Episode three, The, ca- the Cat's Game. Episode four, Paws and Claws. And it goes on and on and on. Okay, and mob mob dogs—a thrilling and comical exploration of power, loyalty, and unlikely alliances in a parallel universe where dogs command the criminal underworld. With Martin Scorsese's signature style, the show offers a unique blend of crime drama and witty comedy, brought to life by an ensemble cast of canine actors. Mob dogs, check it out, guys! It's on uh, Paramount Minus. I dude, I'd watch it right after Pastry Son. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. dude, that's the next one. I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna make a pastry son script. That's we for sure. Should. Yes, I'm all about it. But uh, and no, anybody watch anything else at all 
of note? No, no. Wow, guys, nothing. You know, uh, I watched about 90% of Heart of Stone, which is uh, Gal Gadot's show. Oh, I saw that. Okay. Okay, good. I can bounce some stuff off. I enjoyed it. I mean, most of it, I haven't finished it. Um, I initially put it on for background noise, but I got into it and she fucking, I mean, not that I was uh, wondering if she could like hold a, like a movie like that. Obviously she can. She was fucking Wonder Woman, but to be like an MI6 agent and like pull it off and be a badass. What'd you think, Eric? Yeah, she was pretty believable in the role. And, you know, the action sequences look great. The fight choreography is pretty good for the most part. There's a couple of spots where you could almost feel them counting. Yeah. You know, uh, but all in all, it's really it was fun. And I'm glad I watched it. And I would watch it again, like if Amanda wants to see it. Oh, cool. You liked it. OK, good. good yeah, job. I liked it enough for that. The my one major complaint or my let me back that off. I don't have any major complaints, but my biggest complaint personally is that like the premise of the show is this uh, quantum computer. And th- this isn't a spoiler. They, they re- it's right off the bat. This really early on. They didn't lean into how this thing came into existence at oh. all. And so it's like it was it was all it was very much a somehow Palpatine returned kind of thing where it's like oh i thought they were gonna this, actually at the end talk yeah about here's that. this thing and it predicts accurately predicts uh crime like on a huge scale and how how did that come into existence who trained this thing who mm-hmm. you know they didn't get into any of that and she works as a like undercover mi6 in mi6 with this kind of like covert agency uh, even her people that her partners don't know who she is in the beginning. Yeah. yeah she's uh, like this ghost. It's this agency that is the dark, like people think this might exist, but it's just all rumors and whatnot. And, uh, she is infiltrated the MI six, uh, a team and she's worked with them for quite a while. And then it turns out she's this, you know, major badass. Yeah. And she's so, so great at being a badass. Yeah, she is. And she's so endearing. Like when she smiles, you're like, Oh man, you're awesome. But there is another show, The Ultimatum, season two. I know, Eric, this is the one that Eric absolutely hated, and I can see why he hated it. As I'm watching this, I'm thinking, man, this is just such a bullshit show like for humanity. But God, is it entertaining. It is so entertaining. <clears throat> Me and Lorena must have binged like six episodes in one night. It was so bad. Um, it, but it's so bad, it's so good. So if you like shitty television, please check it out. And unfortunately, I think this is the kind of shit we're going to get for a while. This kind of shenanigans because of the strike. But here's a cool thing. I got a little audio preview. Um, Some of you guys might know this. uh, Spotify. It's called Strike Force 5. Did you hear about this, Randy, King Tom, Eric, at all? Uh -uh. So all the late night talk Uh show hosts are getting together to do a podcast once a week for 12 weeks. And all the proceeds are going to go to their writers that are struggling and aren't making any money right now but they're all getting together and they're going to sit down kind of like a round table and and talk about stories and um, i guess initially they were going to talk about the strike and they did a couple episodes and they just had a blast just talking about all kinds of different things Uh, so i don't know if they're going to bring guests on but 
just the having them on might be the only show that can match us with uh, hosts. You know what I mean? The number of hosts. God, the intros are going to take. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They should give me a call. They want me to you know, do an intro for them. Because this, this one went so Soundboard. smoothly tonight. Yes, Soundboard, I'm a, little, I'm a little upset, dude. I got some new noises, but a new sound, new noises. I got some new uh, some tr- bits and stuff, but You're right I think it's going to crackle. So here, l- listen to this one. I was Optimus Prime. Okay. So uh, was. <laughs> none of us yeah. heard anything. Yeah. Oh, you guys didn't hear anything? Oh. Nope. Oh, no. Yeah, we heard it. It sounds great, dude. How dare you? <laughs> How really dare good. you, Randy? <laughs> of course you didn't hear. Oh, you no, know keep, why? Because I'm going, yeah. man. All right, whatever. I'm, I'm soundboard's coming back. I'm bringing the soundboard back right now. And I'm just going to come back in a, in, a, in a really horrible way. Really horrible way. Here we go. Let's just go fucking Star Wars. <laughs> Nobody watched anything. We did fucking thing. Let's just get into the damn soccer show. Greetings. This is Grand Admiral Thrawn aboard the ISS Chimera. You are currently listening to the Sith List. I know a great deal about you because of this artistic choice. May Warrior's Fortune smile upon your efforts. So yeah, we've all been watching this documentary called Ahsoka. We just saw the third episode. So for reals, we had the third episode of Ahsoka. It was pretty good. Short runtime, uh, just I mean, up until the credits, it was like thirty-one minutes, something like that. And so I, you know, I had kind of gone off on the ships, the whole thing with. I rewatched the first two and that one sequence I was talking about where the ship goes past the camera sideways did still look the same to me, but the ships in this episode looked great. And there was a pretty cool dogfight scene where a lot of times just watching the pilots faces in the cockpit with scenery going by can get a little old, but I thought that they did a good job balancing that. And, uh, I, I did think it was cool. I really noticed that, uh, oh gosh, what is her name? Shem, uh, is it Hoti or Hadi? Shem Hadi? It's Haiti, it looks yeah. like. Is it an A? Yeah, it's an A. Oh, my it could, bad. It could, it could be Hadi. Yeah. Um, she, like, when she was piloting the thing, I was watching, she didn't blink at all. Darth Maul style. And I mean, part of it, you know, she's got eye, these big eyes and they've got uh, eyeliner around her eyes. Um, but she's like kept him wide open the whole time. At one point when she turns and looks to the side, she blinks for a second. I'm like, that's I'm sure that was intentional because that's one of the things they did with Darth Maul. Uh, we find out that Sabine has been uh, trying to make a connection to the force and is uh, not great at it. I thought the lightsaber form thing was pretty cool. A um, little clunky, but I mean, I'm sure the execution of it was hard, but the whole idea of these like training flashlights that can track and show you where the strike went cool. through, mm-hmm. it's pretty inventive. That's pretty That's cool. awesome, man. I'm surprised yeah. we have never seen anything like that before, too. But what'd you guys make of the episode? Any big high points for you or low points? Go ahead, King Tom. Take it, man. Um, I 
didn't i'm trying to think of low points i i really liked this episode i i like the show it's uh, it, it kind of i keep thinking about secret invasion while watching this episode because there's I'm a sorry. lot in here that is like more they really slow it down and they take it more deliberately than a lot of other star wars things like in especially the scene when um when Ahsoka and Sabine are sitting down and talking about the, 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 the cup and using the force. The thing is, Secret Invasion, they tr- that was their whole tone. It was slow and deliberate, where Ahsoka is able to have these slow and deliberate moments that are very meaningful. They, they expand the story. They get some great moments in the action. But then they also have lightsaber fights they have dog fights they have you know flying through space whales so they're taking this idea of, of changing up the tone but they're i think they're doing it, it right and that's good to see um my only thing i i you know when they said oh we're gonna do an ahsoka show and it's gonna be about her you know as a jedi in, in the new republic there were certain things I, I i was hoping to see that it doesn't look like we're going to see uh, and and I hope I'm okay with that because I really would like to see that part of the story one day too. What's the story? What, what are you talking about? Her her meeting up with Luke. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you know what's cool about this, and I talked a little bit about it last week. Uh, us even hearing about another galaxy mm-hmm. is is pretty rad, uh, and and having the prospect of going somewhere else other than. You know, that could open up all kinds of different things uh, for us to see. And for them to say that this has been a story, this has been something that Jedi have been talking about for a long time from back in the early uh, days of the Jedi. Does that mean that Jedis were going back and forth into these galaxies? I mean, does that mean that, you know, there's possibilities it could be endless here. It's possible. Yeah, go ahead, bud. There was a, a book in Legends called Outbound Flight, which was related to Thrawn, which was, Ooh. you know, trying to and it, it's it deals with how Thrawn kind of came to be take under the Emperor's notice, but it it's about a, a group before the Clone Wars, the Jedi led an expedition that was attempting to go beyond the borders of the galaxy. Shit. That's awesome. That is really good. So so that's amazing. Uh, I love more stuff in space you know mm-hmm. uh, that was really cool to see and see ahsoka in a little space off and and we couldn't i couldn't remember if we ever saw that uh and our our viewers on youtube we got a lot of exact specific seasons and when that mm-hmm. actually happened so thank you for people uh making comments on our youtube stuff but yeah i, I really enjoy it. i mean i'm really liking the show i have a smile on my face even the last part when they're showing um, I forgot his name, uh, the character's name. The very, Bailey. very last scene. Yes. I just, he's such a badass. He has such presence. And I just had a huge smile on my face uh, the entire time they had him on. And they only had him on for like 30 seconds, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really love and show. Love the whales. The whales. Um, I love the fact that we didn't see a full shot of the whales. It was only bits and pieces of it, you know. And the way that they filmed it was really good. And it, there was multiple scenes where you could have pressed pause and you could just screenshot it and put it up on your wall. It was beautifully done. 
I, th- I thought there's the f- cinematography was amazing. Yeah, they did a good job of with the space whales of making them uh, like sh- from a point of view of the pilots whizzing around yeah. them because it, it yeah. kept them from having to show like the a long shot of them. And they did. They looked really good. And, you know, I mentioned when we talked about the first two episodes that on the scene where it was the the two um, Shin and what was the guy's name again? King Tom. The Balin. Beard Balin. Balin. And, and then the Merrick. Is that what they're calling him? Merrick. The, yeah, something like that. The masked uh, Inquisitor guy. When they showed him and they mentioned, you know, Jedi these days are hard to come by. And then in the hologram, and then it faded out. The only face with the, the last face visible was the helmet. And then it disappeared. And I'm like, right, are right, they right. leaning in on that to make you think that's Ezra? You know, because there was the whole talk about that's Ezra. Well, and then this episode during the dogfight, there's a scene where they mention, yeah, it's the whales, just like when Ezra last time I saw one of these is when Ezra disappeared, blah, blah, blah. And they make a point of showing a whale's face and then instantly showing the helmet face. Wow. And I'm like, Oh, I wonder if they're, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's all misdirection, but yeah, it could be red herring. Yeah. Still not, uh, it mm-hmm. still happens. So, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I think it's what, what, interesting. What'd you think about the dog fight and the world war two looking, you know, um, ships. I thought those like were fighters. I did I'm too. glad that, you know, not everybody's just stacked with cash and perfect looking ships and everything else. It looks, it makes the world look more lived in. Now I want to talk about Ahsoka's space suit for a minute. Oh, all right. Can you get it a scene <laughs> where she's out on the ship? Oh, absolutely. Because what, I found it curious that they decided to have the suit fit her head tails as opposed to just covering them up. It would be like if you, if you Mm -hmm. made a spacesuit for me that had a separate pocket just for my hair instead of having it like in the back of the helmet or anything. And I'm like, okay, I get it. But I just thought that was a curious and rather cumbersome choice because imagine (laughs) suit up in that. You know yeah, what I mean? Would, and I was like, cool. why, why did they go that route? But it was a cool concept of her standing out there. And I really liked the scene where after it, and she's just like floating in space. <laughs> hey, can you tip this wing up here? So I, I can <laughs> yeah, that was funny right here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, that I was... thought that was really, really funny. And you know, it's not something we've really seen a, except for the droid in the uh, rebels where he's singing. I feel pretty. Well, I guess there's a scene in season two of Clone Wars where they both Anakin and her go out, and it, in this exact way, is that true? That's uh, we I, we we got a bunch of comments about that. I can't remember. Man, I think it's, there is. That's is is that yeah. the one with the like the walkers on the spaceships? Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. I remember once they talked said I said that's but her suit was her gear was a little bit more bubbly. Yeah, she was wearing like a fishbowl. Yes. And I, I right. wonder if that would, if they thought of doing that for live action or if that just looked bad. I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah, that would have been crazy. I love the fact that it, even the lasers um, that they're shooting out feel like World War II, like turrets. You know what I mean? Oh, how in the yeah, mo- in the old like films. Yeah, in yeah. the old films. Yeah. 
you'd see and, the, and it, the tracers every so many rounds. Yeah, and and didn't Lucas really get inspired by those old uh, World War II footage um, mm-hmm. from back in the day? So maybe it's a call, a Felonia callback for him to, to like a tribute to Lucas. Uh, Randy, what do you think? I know what you feel because I saw it with you last mm-hmm. night. But um, what was your take? Yeah, everything you guys are saying, like the space battle, obviously is really awesome. I thought it was cool to see uh, Jason, Hera's son. Oh mm-hmm. yes, yes, Doesn't yes. That's true. As much, but that was he wasn't green though. Cool. He nothing green on him. No green hair. Nope. No green. Nothing. Nope. So what's that? I had, he had you? a green. He had a green tone to his hair. Somebody said earlier today. Yeah, but I thought his hair was green. Yeah, I think his hair was green. It was just that okay. was just a, a thing where people were bitching about the legs. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'm sorry. Sorry. But yeah, go ahead, Randy. I'm sorry. Oh no! I mean, I you guys pretty much said everything that need to be said. Like that space battle, I think is one of the uh, cooler moments we've had in the TV shows. And mm-hmm. I like that the episode kind of moved things forward. It was definitely a slower pace, but a lot got pushed forward in what you imagine is the inevitable story. So it was a cool episode. Not as good as the first two, but I don't think that's to be expected. Like the first two, were right? Like, and to pack outside. it in in thirty in thirty minutes, I thought they did a great job in doing that. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the slowness, yeah. the slow pacing, made the episode seem longer in a good way. Mm-hmm. Not, and I got robbed kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, the music in this episode, oh, so good. I'm really yeah. impressed by all of it. And uh, then the visual of when they land in this forest, what the trees Beautiful. look like. It's it was. It was stunning. It was literally stunning. Yeah, it really was. Uh, what's interesting is if I hope they give Kiner the chance to do the film. If this is all going to end, end in a movie um, in three years or whenever it is, I hope they give Kiner the opportunity to do a, an actual feature film because he deserves it. This has been great. This has been phenomenal. And, and Bad Batch was great. His kids did that, uh, by the way. Uh, so the family's been really kicking ass. What'd you think about Kaz's dick dad showing up? What a dick. Yeah, that guy sucks, man. I didn't even realize it was him until afterwards. Yeah, I recognize his last name right away. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I totally blanked on it. What a dong. Yeah, he's a dick for. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's cool because, you know, one of the things it's really easy to say, why is the universe so small? But I mean, these are people you should be running into because yeah, yeah. the what they've done in the future with the stories. Uh, Mon Mothma, Timeless Beauty. Love seeing her. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I also love the one species. I can't think of what they are, but they've got like the horse teeth. He was one of the ones in the in that lineup. Mm-hmm. with Ziono and it, where they just like focus on his face for a second and it looks it it looks just like lifeless you know mm-hmm. but uh yeah I was glad they they pushed on that I, all in all man I'm real pleased with the episode I'm digging the series quite a bit and it was enough that my my wife and son watched the first episode with me and we didn't have time to get into the second and I think part of that was is that they weren't like oh my god it was the best thing I've ever seen but then this was on and mm-hmm. uh, she's like kind of was paying attention, half paying attention. She's like, I want to go back and watch 
the second episode and then watch the third one again. But seeing Henry's face light up when the Pergo came on oh, screen, cool. he was like, what? So, yeah, it was cool to see him react that way. It's That's cool to great. see this stuff come to fruition in live action. It really is. I feel happy for Filoni that he gets to do this, um, mm-hmm. that he that he gets to bring it to mm-hmm. live action. Yeah. It's very cool, man. Like when I saw the space whales, I was like, oh, shit, I literally got I really got goosebumps. I know a lot of people think I fake them, but I got real goosebumps when I saw those things. And, you know, I liked Rebels. I watched every single episode. I wasn't like a crazy Rebels fan. Like I wasn't jumping for joy for Rebels. Um, but I thought the last two seasons of Rebels were phenomenal. But but I I still got goosebumps because I, I thought it was because I, I know it's we're getting closer to Thrawn, man. I, I just it's happening. And it's it's uh i can't wait i just can't wait that giant hyperspace ring you know because we mentioned mm-hmm. it's what we were it looked like one and you realize the enormity of it that it's surely first like a super star destroyer or something along those sides or or a star destroyer to fit in because it's oh, massive yeah. i did find it curious that uh elsbeth was up in the like that turret thing and and said like lead him to me and we'll shoot him down and then just like that weird interplay of like, well, you almost got him. I, I, I wasn't really sure like why they went that route. It seemed a little corny, but, um, but still regardless, it's, it's like the technology part of it's really cool. And I'm excited to see where it goes. And I also started thinking about, you know, when they mentioned the only Jedi from long ago, you know, spoke of other, other galaxies, I really suspect that we're going to end up with a situation where that's where Ahsoka is and that's where Sabine is or or, or this other galaxy. And that's why they weren't there in the sequel trilogy to help Mm -hmm. like bring it all. Oh, I see. I think that that's what they're going to end up doing with them, that they go there and get trapped somehow. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. Right. But God, well, yeah, man, when you keep talking about Ezra being that dude or that I mean, the, the woman, I don't know who knows what, what he or she is, but that would be insane. That would be crazy if that was Ezra, man. I do hope it's not. Me I, too. I hope that Ezra is good because I feel like his character arc really led to him finally. Thank you. <laughs> I was hoping somebody pick it, but no, I picked it up. I just didn't laugh. Again. I I just think that he's better than that. He learned a thank you. He <laughs> yeah. learned, a, but seriously, he learned a lesson over this period of time, and he he that has to mean something. Yeah, because I feel like he made this major sacrifice to save his friends and save everybody, and to deny Palpatine right in his face and then to only to have him turn twisted at the end yeah unless this is all an end game to try to get thrawn back but how did he get back but thrawn didn't and this whole and they keep mentioning thrawn being banished to there mm-hmm. banishing is an intent and uh an action done with intent you are banished to this place and you can't come back, whether that's because it's impossible to or not, but you were sent to this location on purpose. By who, though? That's what I'm wondering, because it, what you would assume it would be is that he was stranded there. Banished yeah. means something completely different. And so what are they doing with that? Is who banished him? What 
was the deal. Okay. Uh, Kick Tom and Eric remind me again, and I don't know, Eric, I don't know if you watched the last season of Rebels, but when they when we see them last, space whales are outside their ship, right? Mm-hmm. Ron and Ezra. And then what happens exactly? They, so as oh, go ahead, King Tom. They kind of put their tentacles around the Star Destroyer, lift it up, and then they start going in hyperspace. And you don't know right. where they're going. Right. So, in my, in, uh, you know, just just my the theory is that they've gone to another galaxy. That these these whales can do what that does. Mm-hmm. They 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 fly in that type of um uh, jumping of different galaxies i would assume and that's where thrawn probably got the idea because he's such a goddamn genius to build this ring he communicated somehow with the witch on how to build this thing using these space whales or using the same technology of the space whales is what i'm thinking happened because what you know what else could have possibly happened they they grabbed the ship. They got the destroyer. They took off. They probably jumped into another galaxy. They're in another world, another area. That's the, my theory. Watching from, I don't remember if he said anything about it in this episode, but in episode two, you know, they're like, what's going to happen when Thrawn comes back? And Balin is like power. And is he talking about political military power or is Thrawn going to be bringing something back with him? You know, does, is he building up an army out there or, you know, is, right. is the ring going and then it's going to bring back his thing? I, I mean, there are all these questions and I did have one other question I wanted to throw out for everyone else. You know, I said before how I want to know this story about Luke and, and Ahsoka meeting for the first time, but there are a ton of, hints about this whole thing with Sabine training with Ahsoka, when it happened, why it happened, how it happened. Do you think we're ever going to get that, whether in this series or in something else? I would say that feels like a book kind of thing. I think, I think that that's what they would tackle that in because it is interesting that first of all, how did they come to this decision? What, you know, did she exhibit some force ability under duress? And Mm -hmm. that's what made led Ahsoka to think I can train her to do this. And, you know, because as far as we understand what the Jedi are is that their power is not just the physical. It's not just their ability to fight because otherwise you're, you know, taking karate with Kramer and a bunch of kids. (laughs) And I'm rewatching Seinfeld now. (laughs) So today (laughs) I'm dominating. Uh, But <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, my whole point is, it's what led to that. That's that's very curious. Now, let me throw one other thing out there before we get too far away from it. Talking about the difference between stranded and banished, right? Mm-hmm. Why is there a map pointing to exactly where Thrawn is? That was done with intention. He was yeah. placed in this spot with intent by somebody and there's this freaking map that points at his location why is that i think it's him i think he's placed Mm -hmm. there because he was sent not sent there but forced there by those whales with ezra and he's communicating now somehow with this witch saying hey this is exactly where i'm at and this is the one way i can come back 
that's my that's my take is that is he's he is such a genius and he's so smart there's nobody else that's going to outsmart him there's nobody else is going to banish him and him not come back if he could and this is one way he's coming back and um screen crush uh, had a little uh breakdown of the first episode or was it the second one where they actually get the map out and he says if you look in the distance you see the whales swimming up there in the map so obviously this these whales have everything to do with what's going on so i yeah maybe the map traces the whales uh path path yeah 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 interesting interesting very interesting but it's cool it's cool that there's all these theories Um, that we got you know to add on to uh like tom's thing i i think we actually will see uh what happened between ahsoka and sabine why it didn't follow through. I think at some point we're they're going to get separated and we're going to have like a reflection point where hmm. why Ahsoka made the decisions she made based on how she was trained and then how she made the mistake of training Sabine. I think that's going to happen at some point. I think it's hard. I want to think that it's hard to tell this story. They're doing a lot of show and uh, not a lot of tell and not show hmm. if they don't do that. They need to show why there is like this disconnect between them. They're talking about it a lot. And I don't think you can just do that if they want to really make this work, in my opinion. Some, somebody at work today asked, why are they going back to the very basics if she trained with her for a long time? And I just said, you know, they're just probably trying to get a refresher and, and she wants to see where she's at. Um, and then mm-hmm. we had a long conversation at work about my buddy at work said that he feels that if everybody has the force, it diminishes the importance of Anakin uh, because it's not like he was like, he's the one be all powerful force well, user. And I said, I said, I does the opposite. Like 25 people. Not how it works. Right. Well, and this thing, everybody has it, right? What yeah. she was saying, this, the force is surrounds everybody and everybody has some part of the force. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's depending on if you're talented, meaning if you have the ability to use it more or if you're a a heavy force user to become a Jedi. I mean, everybody can can train to be a Jedi, but if you're a big time force user, I I told him the opposite. I said it it makes him even more special because of his abilities. If everybody Mm -hmm. has it and he's up there doing those kind of things, that means he is the end all be all. And he was the chosen one because he was more powerful than anybody else. Well, Let me throw this out there. This is a weird metaphor for it, I know, but I actually use this for something at work, too. We all have our driver's license, but none of us can drive Formula One. Right. You know, because that takes more than just a lot of money behind you. That takes uh, exactly incredibly right. fast reflexes and the ability to withstand, you know, right. a lot of duress. And I think that's kind of what this could fall under like a similar sort of thing it's exactly what i said yeah this is your average joe it's like we all know how to run but yeah i i i did sports the exact same metaphor i said there's all of us play ice hockey i said we all play ice hockey we don't know how to play ice hockey but there's wayne gretzky and there's mario lemieux and it's alex ovechkin those guys are at a different level and those guys are making people that are pros look like kids. So 
just think of that as the same metaphor as the force. I mean, if everybody has it, there's people that excel at it and there's people that are the best ever at it. So I, I was, it was interesting that they broke that down a little bit on this uh, thing and Ahsoka did, which was, I thought it was cool. I thought it was really cool that they did that. Yeah. Well, and, and another thing too, man, and this is, this is sound real raw, but like with music as an example, anybody who wants to learn how to play guitar can learn how to play guitar. I mean, you can treat your practice sessions like a workout and you can learn how to play at a like extremely technically accurate and super fast picking and all this. Mm-hmm. But without some natural talent of being connected to music, and viewing music not as a stunt, but as pitches and sounds and all this stuff, there's a huge difference in what you accomplish with it, where it goes past the physical and into the uh, the spiritual, almost, you know, this connection to the music. And, uh, you know, anybody can be, like Sabine could be trained to be an amazing fighter. Right. She can do the physical part. It's that other part. Yeah, exactly. That's the question mark. That's right. Love the love the droid. Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. love him. Uh, I mean, I given just, that metaphor, I assume that Qui Gon was like an awesome blues guitar player. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> he was. He's he's struck me as he the kind of guy who probably played barefoot a lot of the times because he wanted to feel the vibrations oh, yeah. of the stage in his feet. <laughs> you guys see all the the memes <laughs> about Qui Gon being pissed that. That uh, Sabine survived getting getting hit by a lightsaber. I saw somebody break down the physiology of that. Uh, Oh, really? They would. would Yeah, that like where he was stabbed versus where she was stabbed. And uh, you should have seen some of the vitriol comments we got, man. Yeah, like how women are immune to yeah, women are immune to lightsabers. Yeah, yeah. Kathleen Kennedy only makes Star Wars characters that are strong and survive that are women and all the men are nothing like, I mean, I got like, it's crazy. Why are you so offended by that? Jeez. Why does that bother you so much? Let, I don't know. I don't know. The other day in the sun, man. I mean, we've had a good run. All of us middle-aged. <laughs> right. We've had a pretty good run of just seeing ourselves on screen. stuff up. Yeah. Just, I, just go watch Barbie and then, and then talk to me about, okay how you feel after you watch that movie uh, that pretty much explains everything right there but the interesting thing is again people that talk shit on it and they're watching it mm-hmm. and they're watching us and they're commenting on our thing so keep it up people be assholes uh, uh by so- the way 14 million uh eric four, 14 million people watched episode one nice yeah kicked uh, ass that's a lot of people yeah. so speaking of disney plus star wars streaming mandalorian season one and i mm-hmm. don't know if season two came out at the same time is out on blu-ray dvd Physical copy and uh um what's the other one the 4k dvd 4k yeah. blu-ray and apparently there's a lot of extra stuff in there that would make like the people like us want to buy it am i going to buy it no but you know it's kind of kind of weird that they're going back to like this physical release thing because is that going to be available for purchase on other streaming platforms now 
it, it, with the extra bonus content, mm. like with what Voodoo does and all that. Oh yeah. Uh, because I'm honestly like at this point, I'm not. I don't have any place that's handy to have a bunch of Blu-rays that I'm going to bust out when it's time to watch something. It's still going to be the ease of, oh, you know, firing up Disney Plus and watching these things. Right. But I don't know, man. It's curious the return to physical media. I mean, good on them. Maybe that's maybe that's what'll do it. But uh, I do kind of feel like what yeah. that does is take how we were sold about what Disney Plus was going to be and represent, and has muddied it up a little bit. You know, they're dropping content, they're doing all these things. You know, if it gets to where they're like, "Hey, we're going to release this on physical release or physical media, and then take it off the streaming service for a while." How do you feel about that? Now, am I watching The Mandalorian every day? No. Have they given any indication they're going to take it off Disney Plus? No. But what if they did? What would you do? Would you be like, you sons of bitches? I mean, would you? How would that affect you? Because here's what we were sold on. (laughs) An idea. I mean, it honestly wouldn't affect you. It wouldn't affect me. I, I think we'd just be more mad about the hypothetical right well it's it'd be like it's the principle of the thing yeah you know it's the principle of the thing and the only reason i bring it up is that if something like that happened you know disney plus whenever like the founders thing where you bought three years at one shot for a certain price you know they're like here's how disney plus is going to work and it's going to be there forever and it's going to be your one-stop shop for blah 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 but anyhow, let's move on because I'll just start. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, that is interesting because it lets us. You know, there's rumors that you know I don't, I don't know how valid they are, but that Apple will buy Disney one day. If Apple buys Disney one day, they don't have the. They could easily do that. They could easily sell off. You know, we're seeing a bunch of HBO shows, a bunch of Max shows on Netflix now, and they have a, a streaming service on their own that doesn't need to have like Ballers on there. And Ballers is an HBO show started on HBO, and now it's on netflix so they're selling off properties and Fantastic i'm sure they're gonna show. yeah you like yeah ballers is no i'm I, I oh, okay no no yeah i was being sarcastic yeah i thought i didn't know if it was being sarcastic because he's a little delayed <laughs> so I, I didn't know if he was or not um but so maybe that's something that uh yeah maybe that's something that is gonna happen eric in the future we'll see i suppose yeah i hope not i would yeah same uh, so starwars.com had a pretty cool timeline mm-hmm. star wars timeline that shows like where everything fits for the movies and tv shows official going in a little description the- right what's that mm-hmm. and a little description and a little description for each one yeah but like dawn of the jedi goes back to uh 25,000 years before the battle of yavin and um the some of the artwork in there is really rad Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely go check it out, man. Uh, yeah, Dawn of the Jedi, the Old Republic, and then the High Republic. It's just it's all very cool. It's a cool, interesting little uh, bit of tidbits for every single thing, including video games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even and the, and the VR one, right? That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Even yeah. Vader Immortal. Yeah. Which, uh, if you've not played that, uh wait until it's super on sale in the whatever platform you're on. Like I have it on the Oculus too. wait until it's like crazy on sale. It's okay, but it's a little bit more of a showcase for the potential of the technology than the 
like an mm-hmm. amazing experience. The the fighting, the lightsaber fighting is a little crappy. But uh anyhow, yeah, the VR uh VR mob dogs is gonna be amazing. Like I'm <laughs> that so was my understanding too. Yeah. Of like all the so virtual great. all the virtual butt sniffing and stuff. It's gonna be yeah, VR like imagine playing dogs. poker with all of them. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, be great. So the other thing we got shaken, and this is something we're going to have to ask King Tom to fill us in on, and that is the um, uh, fact pov for uh, what was it? Uh, Certain point of view for Jedi. Yep. Return oh. of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So fact pov is from a certain point of view. Sorry, that's what. Oh, you get. Oh, there's a there's a Nick thing. There's a Yeah. Okay, wow. back off. Okay, Man. but uh, I didn't. I didn't know what the fuck you were talking about right there. Dude. All right, we're returning. <laughs> I was like, Jedi, "What the yeah. fuck is a fact pop?" Okay, gotcha. Yeah, Twitter, uh, for those of you don't know this, <laughs> it's the third in a series of uh, anthology books telling the stories of the characters from the original trilogy, not Han, Luke, and Leia or Vader, but like the background characters. Um, or characters that you didn't even know were in the movie. So this week, they released the one for Return of the Jedi. Uh, I'm probably about a third of the way through it. It's it's pretty good. Uh, of course, you know, 40 different stories by 40 different authors, you're going to get some good, not so, some not so good. Um, the, you know, uh, characters like Moff Tejera, Boba Fett, that you know were in the movie, they get stories, and then there's uh, Jesse, a character named Jesse, who, uh, Raj, if you want to uh, image search Jesse, Return of the Jedi, uh, yeah. this is someone who appears on screen for like a third of a second. Um, she's a, a dancer slash musician in Jabba's Palace. She's got blonde hair with a blue streak through it. Oh, maybe hey, it's yeah. blue hair with two blonde Just, streaks yeah. on either side. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, they, they take all these characters. Uh, Obi-Wan has a story. Uh, I haven't gotten up to it, but De- Dexter Jetster from Attack of the Clones has a story in here. Um, so it's it's interesting. Again, n- not all of them are as good. Okay, yeah, so there's a picture of Bib Fortuna and the, the woman to his right is... Uh, his left arm. Wait, Je- Jesse had a friend, friend, though. Didn't, didn't she have a friend? Was she a good friend of yours? Used to be a good friend of mine. Yeah, there it is. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Um, but no, and uh, the, the, her story, for example, is is a romance, and then there's a really short story about the uh, the guy who got force kicked by Luke Skywalker. Oh. And uh, the Sarlacc <laughs> so has a, has a story. So these these are all over the place. Some are good, others not. But it's it's enjoyable. I'm glad they're doing. I'm glad they're doing them. <laughs> forty writers, forty authors, forty stories. Correct. That's what I heard. Yeah. Yes. Wow. You're gonna have some winners and you're gonna have some losers. You know, it's just right. right. Yeah. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, cool, 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 cool. Anything else in the Star Wars world, right? Nothing that I can think of. Hey, well, that's okay. That's okay because uh, we we talked a little Ahsoka, guys. We're going to be doing the obviously every single episode of Ahsoka. And check us out, guys. Subscribe and watch us watch Ahsoka. It's a lot of fun. We're having a good time doing it. Uh, we're not going to have any boo bits at all because Boo's not here. But um, you know, I mean, I think we should just still watch this. Bits, bits better be bits.
Yeah, it's worth watching every week, you know, even if he's it not is. here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think we should wrap this up. Is there anything else anybody want to talk about, dude? I I, I have a list here of Ridley Scott's yeah, top twenty movies. Oh well, Mob Dogs is you know Ridley Scott tried to buy the rights to Mob Dogs, but Scorsese beat him out to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've talked about Ridley Scott on this podcast a lot because, in my opinion, he's pound for pound with it one of the greatest directors to ever live with how long he's been doing it. And I think if I'm not mistaken, he's in his eighties and there's a a list of 27 of his greatest films. I'm not going to go through all 27, but I just want to break down, not break down, just give you some of them. See if you've seen all of these, uh, uh, black rain, which was one, uh, which is a great movie. I don't know if you've seen it set in, I believe set in Tokyo, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's about the Japanese uh, mob and the uh, Yakuza, and it's pretty amazing. It's great. It's with Michael Douglas, and I think it also is Andy Garcia's second film, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's ranked number 16. Number 15, All the Money in the World. I don't know anything about this one. It's 2020, uh, no, I'm sorry, 2017. Um, Alien Covenant is number 14. Matchstick Men. Do you guys, have you seen that one? 2003's Heard Matchstick Man. Yeah. Nicolas Cage is in that one. Uh, let's see here. Uh, 1492 Conquest of Paradise. 1992. I don't know anything about this. this. is about Christopher Columbus. Prometheus is at number 11. The Duelist. 1977's Duelist. Uh, here we go. Kingdom of Heaven, which I've seen. Which I've seen. The Last Duel which I know nothing about. Number seven, American Gangster. Totally forgot he did that also. The Martian in 2015. Black Hawk Down. Totally forgot he did that one. Thelma and Louise. Wow. Okay. Gladiator number three. Number two is Blade Runner, 1982, of course. And number one. What do you think his number one movie is, guys? 82? Um... 19 no it's going to be in the 70s i would imagine this movie let me, let me yeah i don't know exactly what year it is but it's regarded one of the greatest science fiction films ever oh we're talking about alien alien that's right alien is number one film um and that's probably about right but but what i love about this list that he's all over the map he can do comedy he can do historical films he can do science fiction he can do wartime. This is he's he's amazing. He can do a movie like House of Gucci, which I I thought was great. So yeah, we got uh, Ridley Scott guys. Appreciate him. Appreciate him. I think we'll end it there, guys. What do you think? Anything else? Yeah, I just made a bunch Scott of shit about this guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, Ridley Scott guys. Just fucking watch his movies. Actually, there wasn't even a list. I made all that up. Uh-huh. I just went on IMDb and I just made the list up. Numerically, I don't know. Better be bits. <laughs> Better be bits. Yeah. All right. All right. So, King Tom, I'll start with you, buddy. Where can people find you? You can find me doing Patreon shows for our friends at uh, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars Bed Motivators, and our Sithless Patreon. And you can also follow me on uh, Blue Sky and Twitter at Tom Chansky, where there will be plenty of technical difficulties. Yeah, gotta hope not as much as this show. 
My goodness. By the way, I waited to the end for this. Eric, where can people find you, buddy? You can find me on my other podcast, Dinner with the Healers, a Bluey podcast that I do with my family. It's super rad. You can uh, find me streaming on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash mouserat2217. Yes. Randy, where can people find you? I'm on YouTube where we pre-record. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and sometimes, most of the time, this doesn't what happen. That? What is that? Uh, it's a you, Sith right? list. What the hell is that? Oh. That was me. I had the IMDb page of the lady who played Jess on uh, 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 Return of the Jedi open, <laughs> and suddenly out of nowhere, some video started playing on it in another tab. Oh, this movie, might be, by the way. Uh, she was in a movie called I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle. Oh, damn. Ooh, it nice. looked quite good. We need to watch that for trailer, trailer trash. trash. Yep. Yeah, trailer trash that one. That's for sure. Remember that one. What Anthony I was trying Daniels to was in it. No, he played a priest. No, <laughs> I swear. That was a nice sound effect, dude. I don't have that one that on was, my soundboard. That was well done. Well done. Are you ready? Okay. I need okay. that, bro. Send that over. Uh, what I wanted to say mm. before I had to pause was Star Wars spelt out. Congrats on two hundred, Chapman. Well done. And everybody yeah. there, Catherine. I think Andy Bell, one of our listeners, uh, made his podcast debut on 200th episode. So, guys, check it out. If you don't know, now you know. Check them out. They are a great Star Wars podcast. Better people. These guys are the best. Star Wars spelled out. Better internet connections. <laughs> Way better than this show. Yeah. Like. I tried to put Pink Floyd Astronomy Donomy and it's, it, it exploded my computer, evidently. I don't know what happened there. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Lord. I was like, that was for you, Turbo. I was playing some Astronomy Donomy because I know you're such a big fan, especially Sid Barrett. This wasn't Sid Barrett. This was uh, the Gilmore and Wright doing it, but whatever. <sighs> Randy, where do people find you? Thank you, Eric. Just finish this off. YouTube.com slash the Sith list. You can find me at the Sith list or you can find me for the next three hours trying to edit this podcast. <laughs> oh Lord. Until next time, we'll catch you right here on episode number 370. Hopefully with the whole crew and no technical difficulties. I need a drink. We're going to get a drink tomorrow, Andy. I think you need one now, bro. I'm right here. One, yeah. Yes. On the Sith list.